This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and powered by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Stern, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, good evening, everybody, and welcome into the big show as we broadcast to you live, all presented by Weinerman Pain and Wellness. Uh, and we begin, J-Doc, how we normally begin these segments or, or our shows on Saturday. We normally begin, as all of our listeners are starting to enjoy, uh, we normally begin with a big spread and, and a, a lot of roll. food, a drum roll, right. and all of that. But I didn't feel as though because of going into and being a part of Memorial Day weekend, uh, for me, J-Doc, Memorial Day weekend is more about um, remembering those who lost their lives uh, in the military. I get it. I know cookouts and picnics and going to the Jersey Shore are all part of the traditional stuff that we do. But I ask listeners to remember our ability to do so uh, based on those that have sacrificed our lives or their lives. But we will return uh, with our uh, opening food monologue. Our tradition. Right? Our tradition uh, one week from the night. But a good evening, sir. How are yeah, you? I feel great, Krause. And, and, and certainly uh, uh, this Memorial Day weekend, we, we do remember those who gave all and certainly um this is a huge show for us um this is our state of the unions in pennsylvania show an hour with uh, pennsylvania aflco president uh rick blumendale and there's so much synergy with, with labor and and with our veterans and with our, our military it's, it's just a, a an important show and so I'm, I'm ecstatic to welcome into the show uh pennsylvania aflco president rick blumendale rick welcome to the show thank you very much and it's a pleasure and, a, and it's great to to be on the show, especially as you mentioned, uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, as we remember those who uh, fought to, to make sure that we had the freedom to do the cookouts and enjoy our weekends. Uh, and we can never forget what our veterans have sacrificed and given to us. Uh, to make sure that America re- remains the great place that it is. Absolutely, and and uh, we couldn't think of a better time than to to have our our, our union community, our Pennsylvania union community's top guy, uh, to talk about the state of the unions in Pennsylvania. Let's let's just start off with that, Rick. Tell me what is the state of the unions here in Pennsylvania? Well, the state of the unions is strong uh, because we have a lot of solidarity, and that's attributable to the great leadership that we have. Uh, from the Philadelphia labor movement, Allegheny County labor movement, all the counties throughout, from Allegheny to Philadelphia, we got great leadership that has made sure that we fought off all the attacks. And believe me, uh, we are under attack. Uh, Every day we see new legislation introduced that would undermine the rights of workers, whether it's paycheck deception uh, eliminating our ability to negotiate for dues deduction in our contracts in the public sector, or right to work, which eliminates uh, or, or allows people to drop in, the, in and out of the union at the drop of a hat and not pay for any of the great benefits that those unions negotiate for. 
and in the, the, the death by a thousand cuts kind of things where they want to limit our ability to uh, talk to our members about politics or have a, a teacher spend a, an hour doing union time and reimburse the school district for that time. They're, they're trying to eliminate any discussions that we have with our members, any ability uh, of us to educate members about issues that are important to them, uh, whether it's uh, occupational safety and health, whether it's jobs bills, uh, whether it's making sure that uh, you know those who aren't in unions that have minimum wage get a little bit of a boost so they can strive to join the middle class and also make it easier, find a way to make it easier for folks to join unions. Those are the kinds of things we fight for, and those are the kinds of things that they would like to uh, block us from fighting for by silencing our voice uh, through things like paycheck deception, right to work, uh, and all those things that strike at the very heart of a union's ability to talk to their members. Pennsylvania president of the AFL-CAO, President Rick Bloomingdale, is joining us and will be with us here on Saturday Night Live uh, with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll have Rick for the full hour uh, tonight, and we're going to cover a lot of those topics, Rick, that you uh, referenced uh, in your opening statement. Before we get into, and I know Jay Duck has a systematic order that he wants to get to, um, I want to ask you, Rick, just off the cuff, um, why such an onslaught? of sabotage against the unions? Well, you know, there are folks out there who want it all. Um, having six houses and six cars isn't enough. Uh, they want it all in their pockets and none of it in ours. And the labor movement is the firewall uh, between total greed in this country uh, and having a decent middle class. We're the ones who are pushing back against unfair trade practices. We push back against eliminating a minimum wage. There are people that would like to eliminate a minimum wage. We're the people who push back against trying to eliminate health and safety so that they can increase their bottom line by working people uh, to the point where they shouldn't be working. Uh, referring to our folks who work in hospitals, uh, you know, we were able to get mandatory uh, overtime rules so that folks weren't working two, tw you know, two eight-hour shifts. Uh, and that's the last person you want to see when you're in a hospital, somebody who's tired, on, you know, dead on their feet, uh, trying to make sure that you get the right medications or the right service. Our nurses and docs and everybody, CNAs, do an incredible job in those hospitals, but they do have limits. They are human beings. And for some of these folks to try to push them beyond those limits uh, has a real impact not only on their health and safety, but on the health and safety of those those patients. And there are those that would like to eliminate all of those protections for workers um, and concentrate, as we've seen over the last 20 years, as labor's numbers have declined, uh, the 1%, have, their numbers have gone up. So there's a direct correlation between union membership and our ability to fight for workers and the ability of those at the very top to accumulate more wealth. So this is a battle for the middle class, and we're, we're the front lines. That's why they want to eliminate us, uh, because we are blocking them from having, instead of six houses, 12 houses. Uh, we're the ones who push back against greed, uh, and we'll do it every day of our lives and keep on doing it. Uh, you know, Rick, you, you mentioned um, the, the constant attacks 
um, that uh, the, the onslaught of attacks that, that hit labor on a daily basis. Um, one of the things, uh, and, and it's one of the things that I, I, you know, here on the radio program over the last four years, we like to talk and, and, and create awareness for our union members out there. Um, tell us what a normal day uh, for Rick in the life of Rick Blumendale looks like in regards to that. Well, <laughs> We spend a lot of time reaching out to legislators, uh, whether it's uh, here in Harrisburg or out in their district offices, educating them, talking to them, bringing other union members with us. The most effective way to deal with a legislator is to have a constituent. Uh, I can talk to them. I'm blue in the face, but I I can only vote for one of them. I I have my state house member, uh, although I represent uh, the AFL represents workers in every one of those legislative districts, and we talk to them from that level. But more importantly, that local constituent, that local union member walking into their district office and saying, I oppose this or I support this is so important because one of the things they count on is they hope that what they do in Harrisburg, that their average, that their voters back home don't always learn about the attacks that they're making. So, uh, you know, connecting our workers with legislators is a big part of my day. Um, obviously traveling around to the labor councils, uh, both Frank Snyder, our secretary treasurer, and all of our staff have been spending the, uh, the first five months of this year visiting every single labor council in the state. And there are 30 of them uh, all across from Erie, Pennsylvania, to uh, Pike County, to uh, Wilkes-Barre, to Allegheny, to Green, Washington Green, and, of course, Philadelphia, uh, Montgomery, Bucks, Delaware, Chester, We've been to all those labor councils, uh, working with members, making sure that they have the tools they need to educate legislators on these issues. Uh, Because, you know, people might think that these legislators are experts on all these issues, but, you know, there are over 3,000 bills that are introduced in the legislature uh, in the the time of the two-year session. Not every legislator can be an expert on every bill. Not every legislator has a connection to the labor movement like they used to. Used to be they'd have, you know, a brother or sister or mother or father or themselves who had been in a labor union. More and more we're finding with young legislators, it might have been kind of a vague memory of their grandfather might have been in a union somewhere back in the 60s, right? And that's <laughs> to me, that's when uh, I was growing up. But to a lot of our young members, that that's their grand. I'm the same age as their grandparents, and uh, as a result, they uh, they don't have that connection uh, to the labor movement that we think. So it it behooves us or requires us to educate them about what right to work is, because right to work sounds great on its face, right? Hey, everybody should have a right to work, but what they don't understand is it's the it's uh, the the kind of legislation that undermines a union's ability to represent its members and to be strong. So it's, those are the kinds of things we have to do every day, and that's the kind of time I've spent a lot of time on that. And Rick, hold your next yep. thought. Rick, okay. if, I, if I can, let me ask you to hold your next thought uh, and let our listeners know it's a special Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor special on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. State of the Unions with President Rick Bloomingdale will continue our conversation with Rick when we come back. Amazing ways. 
back here on Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. A good evening to all of our listeners around the Delaware Valley. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the big show. Very, very special show uh, this Saturday night, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's a State of the Unions show with President Rick Bloomingdale and Jay Doc. A very, very special show uh, for me and for us uh, all personally as we take a moment uh, to recognize uh, the members of the military and the members of the armed forces uh, who sacrifice their lives uh, so we can coexist and so we can exist today. So we continue uh, our live broadcast here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Absolutely. As we continue our conversation with Pennsylvania AFL-CIO President Rick Blumendahl, I'd like to talk a, a touch base a little bit on organizing, Rick, and, and, and what a priority that is to keep the movement thriving and going forward. Yeah, thank you. And I, I, I did want to, you know, as uh, we wrapped up the, the, the first segment there, uh, transition into a discussion because it, it's not just uh, legislative and politics that we do we do help our affiliates or you know member unions uh, uh, in their organizing campaigns and you know it's so critical uh, you know we got about 800,000 union members in the state of Pennsylvania about 4 million workers uh, we could do so much more for those folks if they would join a union and we're out there all the time talking to folks encouraging them educating them about the process of, of being in a union. Uh, we're going to actually pick up that effort over the next year because, you know, if we're going to protect the middle class, um, we've got to have stronger union membership. And I'd just like to remind your listeners that any, good, any job can be a good job if it's a union job. Uh, back in the day when, you know, everybody talks about manufacturing jobs being good jobs, before they were union, they weren't good jobs. People died all the time on the job. They, three or four families lived in a in a row house, right? And they'd, they'd walk to the plant, and then they became unionized, and folks were able to buy their own homes and a car and uh, participate, you know, join the middle class and then two cars uh, as we bargained and as companies got bigger. Uh, so any job, even a Walmart job, could be a good job if there was a union there bargaining for some of those insane profits that Walmart makes instead of them going to the pockets of the Waltons, going to the pockets of the workers. That's how union works. So any job can be a good job if it's a union job. And we've got to encourage people not to be afraid to join unions. Of course, the other side has done a great job of saying, well, if you unionize, we'll just move to Mexico. Um, but you got to remember, you know, the garment jobs that, that we eventually lost uh, because they were union jobs, we fought to hold on to them for uh, more than 100 years before they first moved south and then moved out of the country, uh, always chasing that lower wage. So unions can protect jobs, they can keep jobs in America, and they can make sure that folks have the wages to join the middle class. That's why we have to organize, and that's why we're looking at all different kinds of ways, new ways for folks to become union members. In Philadelphia, Rick, you know we've had the uh, the recently uh, organization and organizing effort at the Philadelphia airport. Uh, it's a joint effort between our Philadelphia political officials and SEIU 32BJ, um, and it was successful. It was a long process. We covered it for several years, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. How important is it um, for you know our labor leaders to get involved with that those efforts with uh, political leaders and organize workers like those and other low wage workers? 
That's incredibly important because after a while, once they get a contract, they no longer will be low-wage workers as we bargain for better wages. But having you know a strong labor council headed by Pat Eiding and uh, the great team that you all have in Philadelphia uh, is incredibly important. And, and we do have to reach out to other allies, political officials, elected officials, community organizations, other folks, and and you know. This isn't, uh, there sometimes aren't too many new ideas. That's an old idea that we forgot about from the 30s. Get everybody involved in organizing. Get the community involved. Get the elected officials. Get the, obviously, the union and the other unions. Get everybody together pushing hard against those employers to make sure that folks have the right to organize. And i I got to commend, you know, Gabe Morgan and 32BJ and, sure. of course, Pat Eiding and the entire Philadelphia labor movement and the elected officials who stood with us. That, that was a big victory. And it's, it, that's the kind of non-traditional things that we have to do uh, to grow the labor movement because, you know, the other side has gotten to be very good about, you know, calling misclassifying workers, calling them, you know, independent contractors and, well, how do you have a collective bargaining agreement sure. with an independent contractor? So all those things, you know, we got to find different ways to make sure um, folks, workers, have a right to join a union, uh, whether it's a traditional collective bargaining arrangement mm-hmm. or if it's a different kind of uh, arrangement in terms of benefits and, you know, bargaining with small employers. Uh, to get their wages up. Now, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, we're talking about the, uh, the the airport workers. Also talk about fast food workers and the, and the major efforts that uh, that have taken place and the rallies. Who would have ever thought uh, that they would be so powerful, uh, the actions and the support by the workers themselves in the face of unbelievable pressure that they that they face every day? Now, and that, that's another great example of non-traditional organizing. I mean, it's the fight for 15 and a union. A lot of times forget people forget about that second part. Sure. But it's been uh, an incredibly uh, vibrant and gotten people fired up. And, you know, you're right about one thing. It's uh, We never would have expected folks in uh, fast food places to uh, to organize because it was traditionally a very transient job. Right. Young people did it while they were in school. Then they moved on to something else. So there was it wasn't a career. Uh, but as um, we moved the good jobs, the old union jobs, the manufacturing jobs, out of the country, we've got to make sure that those jobs are become the good jobs of tomorrow. And one thing I've noticed as I travel around Pennsylvania, a lot of those workers in fast food places are a little bit older. Um, they had a, you know, they didn't have a pension. They weren't union in their lives. They had a 401k that got devastated. They had to go back to work. Where are they working? They're working in the fast food places. Sure. They know what it means to have a decent wage because they might have had a good, good job somewhere else, uh, but their 401k just collapsed on them. And I, the, the two women that are at the uh, drive-through near my house. One's got to be 70, the other's got to be 80. Right. Uh, and, and nice, old, but they're back to work, not because they want to be. Sure. Uh, not because they're bored, but because their 401 case collapsed on them. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, a special uh, show this evening on Memorial Day weekend right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We visit for the entire full broadcast today uh, with, the, with President Rick Bloomingdale of the Pennsylvania AFL-CIO State 
of the unions. We'll continue our conversation with Rick. We'll bring Wendell Young into the conversation, Jay Doc, and we'll deal with that touchy conversation on privatization. Let's get into those details when we come back after the break. Talking about what you're talking about. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, a special edition of our show on this Memorial Day weekend, State of the Unions with President Rick Bloomingdale on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and JDoc as we roll through the weekend here. If I can ask everyone in the Delaware Valley and I can make a plea to everyone in the Delaware Valley or everyone down at the Jersey Shore to take a moment and go put up an American flag. If you don't have an American flag at your home or at your shore home, put out an American flag this weekend. Absolutely, uh, Joe. And we talked about the synergy between labor and, and our military, and it's so important. Um, and uh, as we as we move on uh, in, into our next segment, um, I'm ecstatic to, to bring into the program United Food and Commercial Workers, uh, Local 1776 President Wendell Young in, in the middle of the segment. And, and uh, as uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, privatization. And, and I'd like uh, President Blumendale, if you would, would you, would you would touch base a little bit on that uh, as we move forward? Absolutely. And again, back to, you know, you guys keep, and I'm so glad that you keep bringing up Labor Day. And, you know, uh, one of the, Wendell represents a whole lot of folks in the state store system. Um, And as they go, as they apply for those jobs, they have veterans preference. So it's a place for our veterans to get a good job, a union job with benefits and health care. And it's just such a stable place for employment. Unlike you know, the, the private sector liquor stores that are across the borders in Jersey or Delaware or Maryland where, you know, it's minimum wage and folks uh, drift in and out. And, of course, they have all kinds of problems with underage drinking and, um, you know, robberies and all the kinds of things that we don't have here in Pennsylvania because we have a state-run uh, wine and spirit system. And Which, by the way, the newspapers are always calling it archaic, but I like to think of it as the vision for the future. If more of our states did wine and spirit shops and the, the ones that had it and went away from it are all wishing they had it back absolutely that's the way to control we see these kids getting into binge drinking um, and all kinds of problems associated with alcohol and i don't know why that societal problems existing with our young folks but a state-run liquor system is the best way to pr- protect against uh, underage drinking because there's no profit motive for the employee, the, the store, and Wendell will talk about this, they bring it, generate a lot of cash, but there's no profit motive for that employee to serve an underage uh, a drinker. So they, they protect our kids. They work with us uh, to, to curb underage drinking, sure. and it's a, it's a great system. And Wendell's done an incredible job of fighting against uh, the continued constant attempts to privatize us and turn us back or turn us into a, uh, a freewheeling, uh, 
sort of prohibition-style speakeasy system that exists in so many states. Now, Wendell, um, bringing you into the program, and I and I thank you for that comment, uh, President Blumendale. Um, let's also talk about the five thousand uh, employees that that uh, are, are, are leg- Republican legislator uh, Mike uh, Terzai has been dying to lay off over the last uh, ten years of his effort. Wendell, you wanna you wanna uh, jump in on that? Sure. Um, listen, it's, it's been a, a over 40 year or about a 40 year fight in our union. Uh, it all obviously peaks at times like this when you have uh, conservatives running uh, two chambers of the legislature and, and during the Corbett administration, a governor also who was aligned with uh, selling the system. So it's been a huge fight. Um, our, our members have um, put a, a lot of uh, resources into this, their time, their money. Um, but by ourselves, we could not have uh, held this off. Uh, just like workers come together in a workplace to form a union because they're strength in numbers, uh, we did not do this alone. Uh, under Rick's leadership, uh, all the unions in the AFL-CIO, whether they're building trades, healthcare, education, uh, you name it, everybody, uh, public and private sector, have been very supportive of our members and, and the fight to keep these uh, stores here in Pennsylvania um, because this is a system – you know, what the unions recognize, because they've taken the time to really look at this, this is a system that benefits all Pennsylvanians, whether they drink or not. You know, Pennsylvania, <clears throat> about, and I, I'm just going to round off numbers here, um, about 24, 25% of Pennsylvanians drink on a regular basis. Now, clearly some drink more than on a regular basis, but by far the population, it's about 24% on a regular basis, uh, and I'm talking wine and spirits. And, and you know, a much smaller percentage drink uh, on, on like a, a regular basis, like weekly. Most people drink wine and spirits uh, less frequently than they do beer, um, holidays, celebrations, dinners, barbecues, things like that. Uh, so this is a product that um, is sold by the state, state-run stores, wholesaled by the state, distributed by the state, that makes a lot of money for Pennsylvania. And the system's not um, broke, am I correct? And it, it, it's, not, it's not just that it's not broke. It's very profitable. The, the gross profit margin and the net profit margins on this system are healthier than almost every major retailer you can point to. And some will say, well, that's because they're a monopoly, uh, which is not true anymore because they're selling wine to the private sector in, in, under recent legislation. But even before that, uh, it's not because of the monopoly status, at least not mostly because of it, because it, it, that implies that they're providing terrible selection and high prices and nobody can really go anywhere. The fact is our system has stores that are better stocked with more items than almost everywhere else throughout the country. You know, you can go to stores like Total Wine and Spirits down in Delaware where they have only a handful of these big super stores in the whole state. There's only a, a little over 100 of them in, in a whole country. And there's not a lot of others like them. But most places around this country, liquor stores are dumpy little places that draw all kinds of problems from the community to hang out out front. Um, or there are very limited selection in supermarkets and convenience stores compared to our stores. And our pricing is better. Even under the recent change to the law, Act 39, that allows supermarkets with a proper license to be able to buy wine from the state and sell it in their stores, most of those bottles are one to three dollars more expensive than what's sold in our state. Wendell stores. Young and Rick Bloomingdale joining us here on a special edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Um, Rick, I want you to weigh in first and then get Wendell to close out the segment. We've got about two and a half to three minutes on this uh, topic. Um, 
can you win the fight, Rick, that Wendell oh. was referring to? Can, can, can the workers maintain and, 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 and avoid privatization? Well, we can win the fight, uh, no fight, although we have to organize. Uh, we have to, our members have to be talking to legislators, not just in Harrisburg, but back home. And we've set up a number of meetings. Wendell's taken the lead uh, on a number of districts. His counterparts out west have taken the lead. Our labor councils have taken the lead, talking to legislators back home about not only the benefits of the state stores bringing in wine and spirit shops, bringing in millions, millions of dollars into the general fund, but also the benefit, the social and societal benefits um, of making sure that the state has a hand in controlling the liquor store system. So, yes, we can win. Uh, we've taken, uh, they've been chipping away at it, and that seems, they're not, they've been unable to privatize the whole system all at once. Uh, they're trying to chip away at it. Um, we just took another hit uh, under some very suspicious circumstances on the voting procedure in the state house where they only won it by two votes um, and uh, so we're hoping that in the senate that uh, we're going to have some luck educating and talking to senators about how bad this piece of legislation is uh, so we can win but we got to stick together and we got to do it through solidarity as wendell mentioned wendell let me get you to weigh in and, and, and we, we have 60 seconds before we go to the break so let me get you to get, let me give you last word uh, we never take this fight for granted. Um, even if we're winning, we fight like we're coming from behind, and that's why our members have succeeded in winning all along. Yeah, we've taken some turns we're not happy with with parts of Act 39, but you know our members are working. Uh, AFSCME members are working in, in the, in the uh, system as well, about 500 of them, and all the other non-representatives. 5,000 people employed by the system in good jobs. Over 20% of them are vets. The system generates over half a billion dollars in profit and taxes uh, uh, to the, the taxpayers of Pennsylvania, whether they drink or not. This is a great system, and we're going to fight to keep it and protect those jobs uh, to our last drop of blood. Wendell Young, uh, President, UFCW 1776. Thank you so much for calling us on this Memorial Day weekend, and and keep up the fight. And thank you so much for what you're doing to keep those work good paying jobs, uh, union, and on on track. Thanks for having me on. All right, good stuff. That's Wendell Young joining us here. We'll continue with President Rick Bloomingdale as he stays with us. We'll go into our final break uh, of the big show. It's Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor, a Saturday Night Live special, State of the Unions with President Rick Bloomingdale. Back on PHT in a moment. Original news stories, podcasts, columns from your favorite hosts, and more. Interact 24-7 at Facebook.com slash 1210WPHT. Average age of the young Americans serving in uniform today is 20 and a half years of age, making him about 10 months older than his grandfather who would have served in my war. He's a high school graduate. He's a volunteer. He is brighter, better educated, better trained, led, and equipped than any soldier, sailor, airman, guardsman, or marine of any country in history. A Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor Special on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We take a moment during this Memorial Day weekend to remember all of those who have served. And again, I encourage all of our listeners, everyone in the Delaware Valley, to buy and post 
an American flag. It's our State of the Unions with President Rick Bloomingdale here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, President Bloomingdale, let's talk about pensions and how important they are and and uh, what under attack they're under. Absolutely. They, uh, you know, as I had mentioned earlier, you know, you, you go to some of these fast food or, you know, places and older uh, folks are working in them because of failed 401ks. We've now had uh, over, uh, I think, the 401k provision, that provision of the IRS code 401k, uh, was established, I think, in 1979. So we've had uh, we've had 35 years of people who've had 401ks. They've had a chance to work and retire, and we found that um, they are not sufficient uh, to retirement. Uh, you know, as Franklin Roosevelt talked about, uh, uh, the former president from the in the 40, 30s and 40s. Some of your younger listeners uh, may not uh, have a lot of history on on FDR, but um, you know, he said pensions should be a three-legged stool, uh, a company pension, uh, Social Security, and your personal savings. Uh, what we're down to is personal savings through a 401K and, um, a, uh, and Social Security. That third, that third leg of the stool, a, pr- a company pension, defined benefit plan, is long gone for many, many of our, our workers. And we have, uh, you know, and it's not... You know, everybody says, well, private sector is going that way, so why shouldn't state and local governments? Um, but, you know, I remember back in the day, my mother, when I'd say, oh, my friends are doing this, she'd say, well, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would right. you do that too, right? Right, right. So, um, and, you know, just because folks have taken a bad road, and as we've seen that 401ks are not sufficient to a decent retirement, Americans are working longer, not because they want to, but because they have to. Uh, and uh, not being able to have a decent retirement and enjoy their grandkids and, uh, you know, a a little bit of decency in their golden years. Uh, We've got to get back to getting people pensions, but we also have to protect what we have. We can't go backwards any longer, and these attacks on public sector pensions uh, are just unconscionable to try and put folks who work 30, 40 years for the state or our school districts or our cities, counties, um, to put them into poverty when they leave, because many of them, especially our state, uh, our, our uh, police and uh, state troopers, don't have Social Security. So this is what they rely on. Um, and to try to cut these pensions is just unconscionable. Now, they claim that they're going to, you know, exempt, but so far we haven't seen any kind of, uh, any kind of legislation or, or language so I, I would encourage your listeners, uh, they're talking about starting to work on pensions, to do a bill on June 4th on Sunday. Um, they're coming in on a, on a, a weekend uh, to try to start the process to uh, eliminate pensions or modify pensions uh, for state workers and county workers and city workers and school teachers and all those folks. Uh, call your legislators, call your senators, tell them, Keep the pensions we have. Sure. Let's get real pensions for the rest of the folks. Let's not bring people down to uh, a level where they can't retire. Let's boost everybody up. Let's find a way to get pensions for folks in the private sector who don't have those. And there are ways. Joe Torcella, our new treasurer, is looking for ways to provide some kind of basic pension for small businesses who want to participate and to be able to 
provide some kind of retirement benefit for whether they're union or not sure. for those companies. So we've got to lift people up, not tear people down. So that's what I would ask your listeners. Call your legislators. Pensions is a big fight. Protect what we have, and then let's build up for those who don't have it instead of making, you know, instead of putting everybody in the boat of no pensions, let's put everybody in the boat that has pensions. So, uh, you know, it used to be Americans fought for more for themselves and their neighbors and, you know, whether they were bargaining or fighting for a minimum wage increase or whatever, um, we've let the right wing divide and conquer us. And instead of saying, I'd like to have a pension, they got people saying that guy has a pension. I don't. He shouldn't have it either. Exactly. Uh, and we got to turn that around to where people say he's got a good or she's got a good pension. I want a good pension too, because that lifts us all up. President uh, Bloomingdale, uh, first of all, thank you for those words. Absolutely. There's not a uh, literally a week that goes by that you don't see pensions or health care of, of of workers on the line, and and certainly that is the approach to take. Now, uh, before we go, I want to thank you so much. For, for joining us on this Saturday night and, and for pretty spending. good stuff, Rick. Pretty I mean, good stuff, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, you're, you're, a before, pro at, you're a pro at this. Not, <laughs> b- b- before you go, one yeah. thing. What, what, what is the one thing, uh, name one thing you want the general public and our listening audience to know about unions that they may not know? Uh, very quickly, you know, what we do in the community is so uh, underreported or, or we're terrible about telling people about it. But the food drives, what the letter carriers did on Mother's Day, the Saturday before Mother's Day, stamp out hunger, the things that all your unions in Philadelphia and statewide and nationwide do to help those less fortunate than ourselves, whether it's food drives or community drives to help those in poverty, help them lift themselves out of poverty, uh, housing issues, volunteering for Habitat for Humanity. Our members do that because they have a little bit better wage. They give a little bit more to their local United Ways or or community chest or whatever it is they give to because they have a little more because we're able to bargain some more. And our members are such activists in their community, and we're so proud of them for all the great work they do making their community stronger. President Rick Bloomingdale joining us here on a special edition of Saturday Night Live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, our special State of the Unions show with President uh, Rick Bloomingdale. Rick, uh, thanks very much, my friend, for being a part of the big show uh, on a Saturday night in Philadelphia uh, on Memorial Day weekend. All good stuff, good words, uh, and some good advice from you uh, during this uh, Memorial Day weekend. Well done, sir. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for remembering our veterans. Uh, that I really, really appreciate that. No, thank uh, you. It's good stuff with Rick Bloomingdale. It's a special edition of Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all presented by Weiner and Pain and Wellness, serious doctors for serious injuries, and also by the uh, from the law firm of Sam Pond, Pond, Lee, Hockey, Stern, and Giordano. Jay, Doc, I give you 30 seconds, uh, maybe 40 uh, to recap a great one hour with President Bloomingdale. Oh yeah, and listen, a phenomenal uh, one hour. We listen. This is this should be a a, a series, and and uh, you know it, it is great. Uh, we take for granted that we have such great leadership here in Philadelphia with Pat Iding, uh, President of Philadelphia Council of LCO, John Doherty, President of Building Trades, and of course in Pennsylvania, uh, the President uh, Rick Bloomingdale, uh, Secretary Treasurer Frank Snyder. We're so lucky to have them leaders along with all of our labor leaders. I want to thank everybody for joining us. 
I want you to, uh, you to, to a shout out to the veterans and those who gave all. Thank you so much. All right. Good stuff, Jay Doc. And again, I ask all of our listeners and everyone around the Delaware Valley to purchase a flag, purchase an American flag this weekend. Put it at your home. Put it at your home down at the Jersey Shore. And enjoy the holiday weekend. That's going to do it for Saturday Night Live with Philly Labor on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. For Jay Doc, I'm Joe Krause. We'll see you next time. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management.